0: Welcome to the Life Success Legacy podcast. My name is Chris Bay and I'm joined today with the founder of Life Success and Legacy, Mike Everett. Mike, in our last podcast, we started to talk about um, the policy design uh, for infinite banking. And um, one of the phrases that you used is, you know, what's more important to people? Is it cash or is it death benefit? And, And obviously, for most of our life cash is more important than death benefit so now what we want to do is dig in a little bit more into how we design the policies to emphasize the cash value and then how that is utilized to for example turn the wind current or you know people use their cash value for investment purposes retirement purposes variety of things Um, so can you talk a little bit about Um, The two pieces of a policy design, and what I'm getting into is the base portion and typically what it generates, and then the paid-up addition portion and what it generates.
1: Okay. Uh, Traditionally, once again, uh, life insurance was designed almost 100% for death benefit. So one of the things that Nelson discovered was if you can re-engineer or rearrange the way the premium is allocated internally with the policy, there are these two pieces that you're talking about. We have the base debt, uh, we have the base premium. The base premium purchases almost 100% of the death benefit in the life insurance contract. So basically what you're doing is You're taking a certain percentage of the premium and you're allocating it to what we call the base premium.
0: So in a traditional life insurance policy, most, uh, if not 100% of that premium is gonna go to base. That's true. And so it's gonna be 100% going towards death benefit. That's correct. Okay, so how is this different?
1: Well, then Nelson realized that there was a way to actually create cash in your life insurance contract by adding a piece called the paid up additions rider this paid up additions rider what it does is it creates almost a hundred percent cash value available in the contract that people can access now there is a certain portion that purchases a a little bit of death benefit remember it's a life insurance contract Mm -hmm. but yet I ask the question again, what's more important right now, cash or death benefit? We've all said cash. We've said this a number of times, but we want to reiterate this to the people listening because cash is key. And if we can get access to that cash in some sort of way and still have the life insurance contract in place, why wouldn't a person want to do this? So let's
0: put this into specifics for people. Let's let's say that I come to you and I say, hey, I want to start an infinite banking concept policy, and I want to be able to put, I'm going to say, $10,000 annually into this policy. Break that out for me then. Um, If I'm putting money into it, when do I get access to the cash value that I can then utilize for turning wind current and other things?
1: Well, if you were going to put $10,000 in, then there's a certain way to allocate these dollars. So what we're going to do is we're going to take 40% of those dollars or $4,000 of that 10000 and we're going to buy the base portion of the policy. Okay. Then we're going to take $6,000 or 60% of those dollars and buy the paid-up additions rider. Now, the easiest way to explain the paid-up additions rider is... Uh, the apollo rocket mm-hmm. you know when it goes up into space it it gets up into into space and it's on the apollo rocket it's got these turbo boosters mm-hmm. well after they get up into space what do they do with the turbo boosters? Well, they drop off that's exactly correct but they need those two turbo boosters to get the rocket up into space With the way that Nelson created the infinite banking concept, you need the turbo boosters or the paid-up additions rider in order to get this thing up and going.
0: So it's flooding it with cash.
1: That is correct. Now, your question was, when do you have access to that
0: cash? Mm -hmm.
1: With the companies that we utilize, you can have access to that cash within the first month of starting your infinite banking concept policy.
0: Now when you say that you're talking about an annual premium, so someone would pay the full 10000 up front. That's correct. We also have clients who, um, for various reasons, they decide to do a monthly premium. So would they
1: get access to that
0: money right away? They would not. Okay.
1: There is a Because uh, the way you explain that to people is, if you were going to write a check on your checking account, how much can you have access to? with whatever you've got in there. right? So if you have somebody who pays an annual premium, they have access to their portion or their 60% of their uh, policy when they pay that premium in the first 30 days. Mm-hmm. But if you have somebody who goes on a monthly plan, it's going to take them the full 12 months or annual premium of monthly uh, payments in order to have access to those dollars. Mm-hmm. In the great big scheme of mm-hmm. things, It doesn't make any difference. Yeah, yeah. So if
0: I understand correctly, when we put uh, a chunk of money in, I'm going to get access or I can borrow against my policy. That's correct. And and really that's a loan. It's called a policy loan, but it's not really money from my policy. It's really a loan from the company. That's true. And they're using my policy as collateral, which is an unbelievable... um, trait of this is that our policy stays fully intact, and it continues to compound and grow for us on the full, let's say it's $10,000, even though I've pulled out a loan for $6,000. That's correct. So we're never interrupting the compounding interest of our policy. Eighth wonder of the world. It's unbelievable. <laughs> now, some people might say, well, I just put in 10000 and I'm only getting access to six Well, let's talk about capitalization and thinking of our policies as businesses a little bit.
1: Well, uh, we're going to go back to Nelson's uh, three main principles. Number one, um, you got to think long-term. Remember, Nelson was trained as a forester, so he thinks 20, 30, 40, 50 years in advance. Infinite banking is a long-term thought process, so we tell people if you're not in this for the long haul, this is not a good thing for you. But number two... You can't be afraid to capitalize. That means that you have got to put some money into this thing in order for it to work. If you think traditionally about life insurance, and it doesn't matter if it's term or whole life or universal life, most of the financial gurus out there say, let's buy as much death benefit as we can and put as little premium in there as we can. With infinite banking, it is completely opposite. We're wanting to flood this thing with as much cash as we can get And get as little a death benefit as possible in order for you to be able to access the cash efficiently in your own life.
0: Hmm. In fact, we call our premiums premium deposits because they're deposits into a banking system, really, that we own and control. So if it's a deposit into your banking system, do you want that deposit to be a little or a lot?
1: I want it to be a lot. But we need to be careful here because... This is called the infinite banking concept, but we, we wanna reiterate that we're life insurance guys and you are purchasing a life insurance policy. And in that purchase, you are, you are creating absolute control of that contract. So you get to decide or control where 100% of that investment goes when you access that cash through a policy loan. Okay, I want to
0: take you back to your um, analogy of the space shuttle. Correct. Or the Apollo, whatever it was that you used. And you talked about those booster rockets falling off. And that is what we call the flexible paid-up edition rider. Correct. That flexible piece is an important word. And you talked about, on the rocket, those falling off. Does the flexible PUA, the paid-up edition rider, do those ever fall off the policies and why?
1: Well, uh, once again, it's called flexible because you have the flexibility of deciding what you want to do with that. We personally would like people to leave that flexible paid-up addition rider on there, but we can adjust the premium or keep it flexible enough to where you have a place to put some additional cash if you want to, or you can actually reduce that to a minimum flexible paid-up addition rider payment of $100. Remember earlier, we talked about 6000 but then it goes to 100 So that creates a whole bunch of cash flow on your side of the, uh, of the fence, so to speak, when we, dis- when we help you understand how the policy is designed.
0: Yeah, it'd be easier if we had some visuals for people to, to teach them this next concept. But in theory, if we think of our policies as businesses... Correct. Um, And if you let's say we're in the business and we're let's use McDonald's as an example. Obviously, McDonald's started with one restaurant. Well, now they're everywhere across the world, right? They franchised them. So if we think of our policies as businesses, are we able to franchise our policies?
1: absolutely.
0: Hmm. Nelson, um, I think we know this, I'm not sure he says it in his book, but at one point he had 49 life insurance policies. That's
1: correct. And
0: I think you're up to what, 17 now? 16, 16 almost 17. Yeah. And, and in, in, gosh, seven years, I guess, of doing my plan, we're up to six policies. Explain to people why in the world would they want to start adding additional policies?
1: If you, if you look at uh, your policies as a business and your one policies or two policies or three policies are doing well, why wouldn't you want to go and start more? All we're trying to do is, is create a system to where you control 100% of your own cash flow. So bottom line is, uh, Nelson on page 48 talks about expanding the system to accommodate all your income. He's helping people think through why in the world would you want to continue to build policies. But the way we design the policies is your policy is going to get better every year regardless of the economy, regardless of the financial landscape in our country. So if that's true, why wouldn't you want additional policies at certain time periods As you're growing this thing and theoretically
0: we're able to show people that they could actually start a additional policy of of roughly the same size every five years without any additional cash out of pocket that's true and and so um, eventually aren't they going to be capped on how much life insurance they could get
1: there's a possible there's a possibility of that happening but uh, It really takes a a large number of years, 15, 20, 25 years before they really need to worry about that.
0: Okay. And obviously we coach people through all of that. That's correct. That's part of the the strategic planning that we do with people. Mike, great topic. Um, For some people, this may be a little too much in the weeds for them, but I think there's probably some folks out there that, uh, I know this for a fact, that they like to understand kind of the design of the policy and why it's different than a traditional life insurance policy would be designed. Um, In the future podcast, what we'd like to do is get into some of the the, the, um, applications of how people are utilizing their policies in their life for the different ways that they do that, whether it's for business, addressing debt, college financing, things like that. So to our listeners, thanks for joining us. Uh, Lots more information on our website at lifesuccesslegacy.com. If you haven't got yourself a copy of Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, you can get that at our, our website as well. We encourage you to read it. Come back and join us again.